Section three of A Book of Fairy Tale Bears. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. A Book of Fairy Tale Bears by Clifton Johnson. Chapter three Snow White and Rose Red and the Big Black Bear. A poor widow once lived in a little cottage with a garden in front of it, and in the garden grew two rose bushes, one bearing white roses and the other red. The widow had two little girls who were just like the flowers that bloomed on the rose bushes, and she called one Snow White and the other Rose Red. They were the sweetest and best children in the world, always industrious and always cheerful. But Snow White was quieter and gentler than Rose Red. For Rose Red loved to run about the fields and meadows, picking flowers and chasing butterflies, while Snow White was more inclined to stay in the house and help her mother. The two children loved each other so dearly that they always walked hand in hand when they went out together, and often one would say, We will never desert each other, and the other would respond, No, not as long as we live. If the mother was within hearing, she would add, Whatever one gets, she will share with the other. They delighted to roam about in the woods gathering berries, and no beast ever harmed them. Neither did any beast fear them. The rabbits would eat cabbage leaves from their hands, the deer grazed beside them in the most confiding manner, and the birds remained perched on the boughs close by, singing as if nobody was near. No evil befell them, even if they tarried so late in the forest that darkness overtook them and they could not get home that night. In that case they would lie down on the moss and sleep till morning and their mother knew they were quite safe and never felt anxious about them. Once, when they had passed the night in the forest and had been wakened by the rising sun, they saw a beautiful child dressed in shining garments sitting near their resting place. The child got up, looked at them kindly, and without saying anything vanished among the trees. When they looked round them they became aware that they had slept close to the edge of a precipice. They ran home and told their mother of this adventure and she said that the child in shining raiment must have been an angel guarding them from danger. Snow White and Rose Red kept their mother's cottage so clean and tidy that it was a pleasure to go into it. Every morning in the summertime, Rose Red, after putting the house in order, would gather a nosegay for her mother, and in this she always placed a bud from each rose bush. Every winter's morning, Snow White would light the fire and put the kettle on to boil, and though the kettle was made of brass, it was so well scoured that it shone like gold. In the evenings, when the frosty winds were scurrying over the bare fields and through the leafless trees, the little family would sit by the warm fireside, and the mother would put on her spectacles and read aloud out of an interesting book while her children were spinning. Beside them on the floor lay a little lamb, and behind them perched a small white dove with its head tucked under its wing. One evening, as they sat thus cosily together, there came a knock at the door, and the mother said, Make haste, Rose Red, and open the door. Very likely some poor wanderer is seeking shelter. So Rose Red unbarred and opened the door, expecting to find a man outside, but instead a great black bear poked in his head. Rose Red gave a startled scream and sprang back. The lamb began to bleat, the dove fluttered on its perch, and Snow White ran and hid behind her mother's bed. Don't be afraid, the bear said. I won't hurt you. I am half frozen and only wish to warm myself. You poor bear, the mother said. I think you had better lie down by the fire. 
but take care not to burn your fur. Then she spoke to her children. Come back to your spinning, she said. The bear is a good honest fellow who will do you no harm. So they returned to the hearth, and the bear said, Children, I wish you would brush the snow from my fur. Then they fetched their brooms and brushed him off. After that the beast stretched himself in front of the fire and was quite happy and comfortable. In a little while the children became familiar enough to play tricks on their shaggy guest. They pulled his fur, climbed over him, and even ventured to beat him with a hazel stick. If he growled they only laughed. The bear submitted to everything good-naturedly, but when they went too far he cried out, "'Spare my life, you children, Snow White and Rose Red. Don't beat your good friend dead.' When it was time to retire for the night, and the children had gone to bed, the mother said to the bear, "'You can sleep on the hearth if you like, and so be safely protected from the rough winter weather.' As soon as day dawned, the children let the bear out, and he trotted away over the snow into the wood. But he returned in the evening, and thus it was every day for a long time. Always when he came into the house, he lay down on the hearth, and he let the children play what pranks they pleased with him. Even the lamb and the dove gradually recovered from their fears. He became like one of the family, and the door was never bolted for the night until he arrived. When spring came, and everything outdoors was green again, the bear one morning said to Snow White, "'Now I must go away, and I shall not return until the summer is past.' "'Where are you going, dear bear?' Snow White asked. "'I must go to the forest and guard my treasures from the wicked dwarfs,' he said. "'In winter, when the earth is frozen hard, they are obliged to remain underground. But now they are beginning to come up to spy the land and steal all they can. What they once get possession of they conceal in their caves, and it is not easily recovered.' Snow White was quite sad as she unbarred the door, and watched the bear hurry away and disappear among the trees. A short time after this the mother sent the children into the wood to gather faggots. In their wanderings they came to a tree which lay on the ground. Near the roots, at some distance from where they were, they saw something on the tree trunk that kept bobbing up and down, and they could not imagine what it was. They went closer, and saw that the strange object was a dwarf with a wizened face, and a white beard a yard long. The end of the beard was caught in a cleft of the tree, and the little man jumped about like a dog at the end of a string. He evidently did not know how to free himself, and he glared at the girls with his fiery red eyes and cried out, "'What are you standing there for? Can't you come and help me?' "'What are you doing, little man?' Rose Red asked. "'You stupid, inquisitive goose!' the dwarf exclaimed. "'I wanted to split the tree and cut it up into wood proper for my kitchen fire.' The great sticks which you use would burn up our food in no time. We don't need to cook such a quantity as you greedy folk. But the wedge I drove into the tree trunk flew out, and the crack closed and caught my beautiful beard. So here I am, unable to get away. And you silly milk-and-water girls just stand and laugh. Ugh, what wretches you are! The children tried to pull the dwarf's beard out, but they did not succeed. I will run and fetch help, Rose Red said at length. Crack-brained sheep's head that you are, the dwarf snarled. What is the use of calling anyone else? You girls are too, too many for me now. Can you think of nothing better than that? Don't be so impatient, Snow White said. I know what to do. And she took her scissors out of her pocket and snipped off his beard close down to where it was caught in the log. As soon as the dwarf felt himself at liberty, he snatched up a bag full of gold that lay among the tree roots and marched off grumbling and groaning. Stupid wretches, he said. They have cut off a piece of my beautiful beard. Plague take them! 
and away he hurried without as much as looking at the children again. Not many days later, Snow White and Rose Red went to a pond a-fishing. As they approached the fishing place, they saw something which looked like an enormous grasshopper jumping about on the shore. They ran forward and recognized their old acquaintance, the dwarf. "'What are you trying to do?' Rose Red asked. "'Surely you are not going to jump into the water?' "'I'm not such a simpleton as to do that,' the dwarf retorted. "'Don't you see that a horrid fish is trying to drag me in?' The little man had been sitting on the bank, fishing, when, unfortunately, the wind had entangled his beard in the line. Then a big fish got on his hook, and the weak little fellow had not the strength to draw the fish out. The fish was having the best of the struggle, and though the dwarf grabbed at the reeds and bushes, he was being dragged nearer and nearer the water. The girls arrived just in time to prevent a catastrophe. They caught hold of him, and held him firm and tried to disentangle his beard from the line, but in vain. So Snow White took out her scissors again, and sacrificed another portion of his beard. When the dwarf perceived what she had done, he was in a great rage, and exclaimed, "'You donkey! Do you call that manners to thus disfigure a fellow's face? Wasn't it enough that you shortened my beard before? I can't appear before my own people like this. I wish you'd been at Jericho first. Then he took up a bag of pearls that lay among the rushes, and without another word dragged it away and disappeared. It happened soon after this that the mother sent the two maidens to the next town to buy thread, needles, and ribbons. Their road passed over a heath where huge boulders of rock lay scattered about. While trudging along, they saw a broad-winged eagle hovering in the air above them. Presently it made a quick descent and alighted on a rock not far away. Immediately afterward they heard a piercing shriek. They ran forward and saw with horror that the eagle had pounced upon the dwarf whom they had met twice before and was about to carry him off. The children thereupon laid hold of the little man and held him fast till the bird gave up the struggle and flew away. No sooner had the dwarf recovered from his fright than he exclaimed in his squeaking voice, "'You toads! Couldn't you have held me more carefully? You have torn my coat all to shreds, useless awkward hussies that you are!' So saying, he shouldered a bag filled with precious stones, and hastened into his cave under the rocks. The girls went on their way, and did their errands in the town. They had turned homeward, and were again on the heath, just before sundown, when they came unawares on the dwarf, pouring out his precious stones on an open space, for he had thought no one would pass at so late an hour. The low rays of the sun shone on the stones, which sparkled and glanced so beautifully that the children stopped to admire them. "'What are you standing there gaping for?' the dwarf screamed, and his face became scarlet with rage. He was continuing his abusive words, when a sudden growl was heard, and a great black bear came shambling forth from among the rocks. The dwarf started to run, but before he could reach his cave the bear overtook him. "'Spare me, dear Mr. Bear!' he cried in terror. "'I will give you all my treasures. Look at those beautiful precious stones lying there. What pleasure would you get from eating a poor feeble fellow like me?' "'You wouldn't feel me between your teeth. "'But here are two wicked girls. "'Take them. "'They would make tender morsels for you. "'They are fat as young quails. "'Eat them, for heaven's sake.' "'The bear, however, paid no attention to the dwarf's words, "'and gave the evil little creature such a blow with his paw "'that he never stirred again. "'The maidens had started to run away, "'but the bear called after them. "'Snow White and Rose Red, don't you know me? "'You need not be afraid. "'I am the black bear you befriended last winter.' "'Wait, and I will go home with you.' They recognized his voice, and they stopped and waited till he came to where they were. Then, to their astonishment, 
His shaggy skin suddenly fell off, and a young prince stood before them, dressed in the richest clothes. "'That dwarf had enchanted me and stolen all my wealth,' the prince said, "'and I was condemned to wander about in the form of a bear till the dwarf's death should set me free. Now he has received his well-merited punishment.' Then they went to the children's home, and though on the next day the prince departed to go to his father's palace, he frequently visited the cottage in the years that followed. When Snow White grew up he married her, and his brother married Rose Red. The two brothers shared equally the immense treasure the dwarf had collected, and they dwelt together in the palace they had inherited from their father. Snow White and Rose Red enjoyed their beautiful home, and they had their mother come to live with them. She brought with her the two rose-bushes which had been in the cottage yard, and at her request these were planted in front of the palace, where every year they bore the finest white and red roses. End of section 3